Hello and welcome back to the Christian Formation Podcast. My name is Raven. I'm the Volunteer Services and Communications Coordinator at Providence. And I'm here with Andrew, one of our pastors. And today we're going to talk about Zeal Without Burnout, Seven Keys to a Lifelong Ministry of Sustainable Sacrifice by Christopher Ash. Yeah, this book, um, Raven and I have both actually read this uh, fairly recently, um, and I think it's helpful because he tries to find this middle ground between what it means to work really hard and labor and to sacrifice for the Lord, yet also not burn out. And so I think a lot of people, um, maybe as you're listening to this, maybe you've thought about or talked about feeling burnt out before, or you've tried to find balance in life. And I think this book is helpful just to give a little bit of direction to what does it mean to labor and sacrifice really hard, but not tip over the edge to where you're burning out. So Raven, could you give us just a little bit of an overview of uh, the book as a whole? Yeah, he gives us the idea that burnout is this irreversible emotional and physical breakdown. And so he says that the way we are wired as human beings is to worship and glorify our king. And God has given us certain provisions. But when we take those provisions and we abuse them or start to say that we are God, basically, then that's unsustainable and we will eventually not be able to physically continue. And so he gives us seven key ways of helping ourselves guard ourselves against burnout. So one of them would be we need sleep, we need Sabbath rest, friends, inward renewal. He gives us a warning to be watchful and careful about how we view our ministry and then he encourages us to continue, and then also he talks about delighting in the grace that God has given us rather than just our gifts. And so all of these things play into why it is important for us not to be burned out as we do ministry. Um, so he, so the title of the book is Zeal Without Burnout. What is the idea of zeal that he talks about? Like, What does that actually mean or look like? Yeah, he would say that as Christians, when we fully understand who we are in relation to Christ, we become zealous for the gospel or excited to share about what the Lord has done in our lives. And so this idea of we are zealous Christians, excited and passionate about sharing Christ with other people can often lead to burnout. And so he actually gives an example in the very beginning of the book and says a lot of Christians aren't walking away from ministry because they're not zealous anymore. They still are zealous and they love the Lord. However, they're exhausted and fatigued and physically cannot go on. So for him, the idea is it's not that they're walking away from the faith. They just truly are burnt out from their excited passion about Christ. And when you say ministry, how does he define ministry? Is this only for like staff members in a church or pastors? Yeah, he actually, I think what's interesting about this book is when I was reading it, I was thinking this could be for any person that labors hard and works for the glory of God's kingdom, but even outside of a ministry context, because if they have a faith in God, this gives you kind of a right relationship to, okay, how as a human should I act in relation to who God is? But I will say that he does give a quote and says, I write for all zealous followers of Jesus, perhaps especially for pastors and Christian leaders, to those entrusted with pastoral oversight under God. But I also write for many keen Christian men and women who, in addition to normal life, busy jobs, parenthood, so on, labor sacrificially to serve in their local churches. So whether this is a teacher and you're trying to figure out how you just continue with your lesson plans for your kids or a businessman who doesn't really get to see his family a lot but does labor for them in order that he can provide for them and they can continue to enjoy the life that God's given them. It's for multiple people, I would say. 
So he specifically talks about ministry and like you you made the comment about like working for the gospel and working to advance the gospel is it primarily about our like christian um our christian ministry evangelism like trying to get the gospel is that kind of primarily his focus i would say it's kind of twofold so yes primarily about getting the gospel out but also for people who even are working in a church context and they aren't evangelizing or speaking with someone on the street about it but mainly they're just like writing Uh, so for instance a pastor writing sermons every single day laboring with that and remembering that how can you do that in a sustainable way so that you can do it long term so it wouldn't just be for people outside on a street corner sharing about the gospel but it is also for the admin assistant that is in a church laboring every single day in what she's doing yeah so he hits on zeal that we should be like working hard for the gospel that this this matters and whether that is um you're a pastor whether that's your you know church secretary or whether you are uh, a teacher a businessman you're a blue collar worker like there there's an element of if you're a christian there's a god-given like command to work well work hard you know we talked about this just this last sunday at, at church on being created in god's image means some things about how you work um, go to the other side. He says that he wants to promote zeal, but also without burnout. So it, what is he talking about when he says burnout? Help us understand that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, so that irreversible emotional and physical breakdown. So that idea in the book, he talks a lot about how when you're on the road to burnout, you probably won't even know it. And either something happens in your life that's catastrophic or someone steps in and says, hey, this is not sustainable. You need to take a break. So, for instance, one of the women in the book, she had either cancer or some type of terrible illness, and she physically could not go on. She couldn't think straight. She was losing weight. Her hair was falling out. She had ulcers. I mean, there are so many things that played into her having to step away, and it wasn't her own choice. It was almost being forced. He gives another example of a man in the book where someone had to tell him, hey, you got to just take a sabbatical. You got to leave. You got to take time for you. You just need to be able to think and recharge and rest because what you're doing right now is ineffective for the gospel. And so those would be the ways that he would argue burnout mm-hmm. happens. It's not just someone saying, oh, I'm exhausted and it's been three weeks that I've been working really hard. It's people that have been laboring and completely need to take a step away because physically their body's shutting down. So it's a, it's a bigger deal than just like, I'm, I'm tired. Like I've had a really hard couple of weeks and I'm tired. He, when he talks about burnout, he's saying this is like a massive, like only probably happens a few times in life potentially. Like these are big things that take a long time to recover from. Completely. And I think that was the most eye-opening thing because as a person who feels like I do run hard and I do burn myself out in the ways that he was speaking of it's easy to think oh I'll be fine and you even hear people challenge that idea and say oh well you can rest when you're dead but I think this book raises a question should we think about it a little bit more however not in a light way of self-care I think we very often aggrandize the idea of self-care and make it look really awesome and kind of fluffy and comfortable life is not comfortable I would say I don't know what would you say about that yeah I think um I think that we struggle to find a healthy ground as Christians to walk on and so um, a lot of people try to shoot for the idea of balance um and we try to kind of figure this out of how do we have kind of this perfect balance between life um just generally speaking uh friends 
work, uh, church stuff, hobbies, personal time. And we try to fit all these different things. We try to find this like perfect balance. And I do think that um, it's maybe overemphasized uh, for some people. I think that balance is not bad and self-care is not bad. If you're part of Providence Church, we talk a lot about healthy rhythms and practices, and we want people to be following Jesus for years to come and be doing healthy ministry for years to come. Um, With that said, I think it depends on the person which one of these two um, elements, whether it's zeal or burnout, you need to guard against. And so I I do want to kind of fight that a little bit because I think you're right. We're not called to be comfortable, and we're all going to kind of err on one of those two sides probably. And so we all need to be pushed a little bit in the other direction. So maybe with that said, let me ask you this. Let let me give you a, a, a case study. Let's say you have... Um, Joe Sluggard, who's very lazy, <laughs> and uh, he maybe errs on the side of, I don't want to burn out. So um, I work as few of hours as I need to. I try to have tons of time just for myself. Um, I don't really take on things that are going to potentially make me too tired. If I have kind of a tough week, I take a few days off. He's very much on that side of things. What would mm-hmm. this book, or even just you after reading this book, how would you challenge that person maybe to have a little bit more zeal for the gospel? Yeah, I think that's a really, really, really good question. And I don't think the Lord calls us to be comfortable. And even in this book, he says, if you walk away with the idea that life is going to be easy and it's going to be cushiony and comfortable or that you're not going to be tired, then you're wrong. And you didn't read this book correctly. We are called to labor and to pour ourselves out as a drink offering. So I would say that I think I would say Joe Sluggard doesn't have a correct view of his call as a Christian, because I think as Christians, we are called to labor for the Lord but we're supposed to do it in a healthy and sustainable way. And I think that healthy and sustainable way would be reflected in sleep and Sabbath mm-hmm. and actually following that biblical command. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that the the idea, even if you just read through the New Testament and you just read Paul's life, like mm-hmm. I mean, he was a man who gave up basically everything for the gospel. Now, he talks about having immense joy in the midst of sorrow, immense comfort and grace in the midst of weakness. Um, so he didn't, you know, overemphasize that and like um, negatively, like, you know, just kill himself and burn himself up. He had a long life of ministry. Uh, and at the same time, he gave up a lot of comforts in life. And, and I think that's just a helpful mm-hmm. model. Um, what about yeah. the flip side? So let's say, you know, you have Wendy workaholic uh, or <laughs> Raven, Daniel, maybe. Oh, um, so let's say you have somebody who. Um, is on the other side and they just, they have a ton of zeal. They're working really hard. They're putting in long, long hours. Um, but you could kind of tell maybe they're starting to exhibit some of these signs of burnout. They don't really, um, they're not really aware of that. How would you kind of encourage them to maybe find the middle and to have that zeal, but to do it without burnout? Mm -hmm. And I think Ash, Christopher Ash, the author does a really good job of that in this book. He talks about friendships and how, You need to have healthy, life-giving friendships, not people that you're pouring into all the time, but people that pour back into you. And that can say the hard thing of, hey, you need to rest because your mind, mentally, you're just not there. And two, physically, I can see you kind of wasting away or something when it gets to the point of burnout. But also, it's a good idea, and he makes the point in his book, that sleep, God is immortal. We are not. And he talks about, oh, there's a verse in Psalm about how the Lord watches in the night. Like the Lord does not need sleep, but we do. And it reminds us of our frailty 
and humanity that we need sleep and rest. And if we don't have rest and we don't have sleep, then I mean, I was reading a study the other day that you need at least eight hours of sleep. And if you get seven or six, you start to show that mental degradation of not having rest. And so it does play an effect on your life. And so that idea of we need sleep, but by me saying that I don't need sleep, that's basically me looking at the Lord and saying, I know you've created me to be a being that needs sleep, but I'm not going to do that. In my own pride, I'm going to say, yeah, I don't really need that. That provision that God has given me, I'm not going to continue to use or to look at. Instead, I'm going to take matters in my own hands and basically be my own God. And I would say like that's even kind of a form of idolization of this life of what we have here and the gifts that God has given us. And we're twisting that into our own idea of what's good. And so I would say we have to, even though we mean well, even though we're excited, even though we're working hard, we have to remember that God is so much greater and it's not about us. It's about the Lord. So for people, I would just say, pointing them to scripture and lovingly tell them, hey, remember this life is not about you or what you're doing. Even though that person probably doesn't feel that way, it's just having a right view of God and remembering that we are human and that we do need rest, we do need Sabbath. But finding that balance for yeah. yourself. Not really, yeah. I don't think there's balance for everyone. Would you say? I mean, I yeah, don't that's think. that's good. I mean, that's, uh, that's what I was kind of just thinking as you're saying that is should we encourage people so a lot of people talk about balance what you're just getting to right now should we encourage people to find this like perfect balance between working and resting or between ministry stuff and family stuff or between um you know our hobbies and you know putting in extra hours we're like all that kind of stuff should people find perfect balance in life see i don't know i think What's difficult for me is I've met people in ministry who really do just labor. If it's their off day, so to speak, they will be there and they'll show up and they'll help if you need anything. And then there are people that say, nope, working hours, life shuts off. I'm not available. And part of me at the beginning thought, that's ridiculous. Like we are called to labor for this, like for the kingdom and this life is short, and so if someone needs help, I'll be there. If I need to be at something or whatever, I can do it. But then, as I've gone through months in ministry, had coaching from other people, it is this idea that, well, no, you do have to have that time of recharge and rest, and you should really take a step back and be removed. But I think, yeah, there's a balance, but I think that balance is different for every person. I think for some people, they need to be challenged to work harder and to labor and to be uncomfortable. And then I think for others, they're almost overexerting themselves to the point where physically their body will not be able to keep up with it. So you're saying there's not a uh, black and white 50-50 balance between, let's just say, work and rest. It's not a like straight down the line, every single person that's going to look the same. Yeah, I would say no. I would say it would look different for every single person. And I think people's idea of balance is different too. Because if you think about having a Sabbath day, working really, really hard for six days, and then resting on the seventh day, people would say, well, that's not balance. You need balance throughout. But I think the model in which we look at Scripture and we look at the way we're created, we're created to work hard and just have one full day of rest. But we rest. So there was this quote um, I was listening to some podcasts about this book beforehand and in Desiring God, um, who who writes that? I cannot even. Oh, John Piper. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> on, write this article, though, right? Right. Somebody he didn't write this did, article, but, yeah, but on his website, his website, 
there's an article by Paul Maxwell and he says, work with all your might when it's time to work and rest with all your might when it's time to rest. And Mm -hmm. so easily in our day and age with technology, it's easy to have this fuzzy line where we don't fully rest and we don't fully work. We're kind of in this weird in-between. And so when we operate like that, there's also a book, we'll hopefully talk about it soon, Deep Work by Cal Newport. You've read this. Yeah, it's a teaser for one of the episodes coming up soon. (laughs) Um, When you told me this. So I haven't read this book, so I don't know how accurate this is. But this is just going off of what Andrew said. But that idea that your mind, when you're focusing on one thing. Okay, you talk about it. You focus on one thing, and then what happens when you shift your attention? Yeah, that we can't. Our minds actually can't transition as quick as we think. So if we're working on something, and you quickly check your phone, and you scroll through Facebook for 30 seconds, and you shut that off, your mind doesn't actually shut it off in 30 seconds. You are now like somewhat thinking about that, and you don't have full focus on what you're doing. And so... Everybody listening to this, I'm sure you know that there's times where you're at work and then you have these quick little distracting Mm -hmm. moments or you need to take these little mental breaks. And so you and and mental breaks aren't bad as a whole, but the frequent ones that we do every, you know, five to ten minutes are not helpful because basically what happens is your mind is hitting a ceiling a little bit Mm -hmm. that you need to just kind of power through sometimes. But instead, we want to give those little like moments of relief. So we pick up our phone or we kind of walk around for a little bit. We sit down. And if you're doing that every like couple hours or every hour or something, that's okay. If you're noticing yourself doing that every 10 minutes or so, you're actually not um, focusing well and your brain can't keep switching back and forth and still have a sense of focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he was basically saying we live in this mushy in between where we're not devoted to one thing and that can be a detriment to our souls and our minds. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I think that that thought and that idea is just interesting because so often we can become distracted and not truly rest, but also not truly work either. We can be in this weird limbo or in between. That's good. Well, let's maybe start to wrap this up. Again, Raven mentioned this earlier. The the book has seven keys to lifelong ministry of sustainable sacrifice. So he wants to encourage work really hard pour yourself out, labor for the gospel, labor in whatever area of culture or the city that God has you in, um, but focus on some keys that are going to help you from uh, burning out and going years without actually resting well. So once again, the seven keys are that we need sleep, Sabbath rest, friends, inward renewal, warning, encouragement, and delight. Now, we're doing this uh, book review to encourage you to read this book, but um, Mm -hmm. let's just hit quickly for both of us. What's maybe one of those, Raven, that you feel like has been most impactful for you or or Mm -hmm. one of those that's been most helpful to start guarding against um, burnout? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me personally was sleep and truly Sabbath rest, too. I mean, that idea that we are creatures of dust. He makes that point in the book that we are not immortal and We need sleep, but God does not. He says we need Sabbaths, but God does not. And so just that reminder that God has so much power and glory and honor, and he is perfect, and we are not. And so remembering that we have to do the things that he's sanctioned and he has in his word and just the way that we're designed as humans in order to fully live well and live out the calling that he's given us. 
Yeah, I think the the one for me that's been most helpful over the last year, again, if you're at Providence, you've heard me say this a lot, is the idea of Sabbath. I think that is one of the most important rhythms um, that we just have by nature. Like you have been created to function in a certain rhythm, which is six days of work and one day of Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, as we talk about balance, when, when I say balance, I don't mean this like 50-50, you're working and resting like the equal amount of times because I think you were created to work six days and rest one day, and that is how your body will actually flourish and function mm -hmm. well. Um, and so I'm saying work really hard for six days. And like Raven, you, you mentioned in that quote, rest really actively and really well and intentionally on that Sabbath day. And, mm -hmm. and for me and my family, that's been one of the most helpful life-giving rhythms that we've created over the last six months or a year is to actually Sabbath well. And, and I'll tell you, that's made me work better and more efficiently and harder the other six days. And that's actually helped me to rest and flourish in relationships and just life as a whole. Because if God created this design, then it's it's good and it's perfect. Our God is perfect and he's just and he's right in everything he does. If that's how he created it, that's the best way for you to live. And so uh, I would he heavily encourage if you are feeling burnout or um, if you're running really hard or, or maybe on the other side, if, if you um, aren't really running that hard, mm -hmm. have a Sabbath rest because, like you said, that can help you to work well and rest well just by having this full day. So uh, I think that's one of the biggest ones for me. So Raven, maybe uh, kind of bring us home with one final plea. If someone's listening to this, um, why should they pick up this book and mm. read it? Yeah, I think if you're listening to this, while it is geared toward people that are laboring hard, really close to burnout, feel like they're exhausted, even if you're not, it's just a good place to read and take a self audit and see, okay, what do I value? What do I think is sustainable and unsustainable? Because you might read this book and go, wow, I thought I was really tired, but these people are exhausted. How could they do this? Or you could be reading this book and go, dang, this is me right now. And so I think it does a really good job of allowing you to see and call yourself into check and just go, do I have a right view of God? It brings up some good truths and ideas that can help you understand if you are living in right relationship to God or if there are some things that you do need to reevaluate in your life as well. That's all we have for you today. If you guys have any questions at all, please email us at formation at providenceomaha.org, and we'd love to answer any and all of your questions. But we will see you next time.